You're listening to the Thoroughbred Podcast, an elite business leadership podcast. Welcome back, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Thoroughbred Podcast. Got a super exciting it's going to be fire today, by the way. Parental <laughs> warning advisory issued because I'm here with my man, Mr. Danny O'Brien. And before I jump into Danny, I want to just thank you guys for, for subscribing, uh, checking us out on thoroughbredpodcast.com, trying to bring you real raw truths about you know business leadership and about uh, the real estate market and just life in general. And with that said, we got a, a, just a guy that makes me... Uh, I just have a lot of fun with you, Danny. You know, you you bring out a side of me that I have to suppress a lot, which I love being able to bring that side out because that's who I am. And uh, so today we've got Mr. Danny O'Brien on the show. What up? Appreciate you guys having me. You know, it's been I'm excited to get be on the Thoroughbred uh, podcast. Elite Hustlers, baby. Elite Hustlers, baby. So let's just jump right into it. Give you a little background on Danny. Uh, Danny is a uh, from Fenton, grew up here, and Danny's a baller, right? So he played college ball. Tell us a little bit about your history uh, and, um, you know, maybe even from, from high school and mm-hmm. that transition to college and how that all looked for you. Yeah. So um, I started off playing youth football in Grand Blank up at the Grand Blank Rec uh, League and then took that on and went to St. John's for middle school um, here in Fenton and then took its powers. And uh, ever since I dressed up as a little Barry Sanders when I was a kid, I knew I wanted to play college football. And I set my mind to it, and I, there was no, there was no way I wasn't gonna, you know, make it happen. So, it. you know, as my, my sophomore year of Powers, I had a good season. I made my own highlight tape and sent it. I spent like three hundred bucks was all I had, and I sent it to every school in the in the country. <laughs> no doubt to yeah. all of them. Yeah, every. Oh single my one. gosh, was, I remember writing handwritten yeah. letters <laughs> oh, I was to too. coaches yep. when I was trying to play hockey in college. Yep. And then they started calling back, and then that summer I got my first offer, scholarship offer from Tennessee. And then they started piling up after that, but I decided to go down to Tennessee. I wanted to play in the Southeastern Conference against the most elite players, elite competition, and I knew I could get on the – You were going to swear right there. I could tell. (laughs) (laughs) I'm holding it back for y'all. I got But no, and – I just want, you know, I believe. So when you, when, when you say you sent it to every college, every like college, every SEC college or as many as you could possibly write every to. power five school, I think it was like 95 tapes. out. OK, so I just want to I just want our audience to kind of sit on that a minute. Right. Because in real estate, in business, you're going to get out what you put in. I mean, it doesn't matter where you're at. You can have all the tools in place. You could have had the best highlight video ever. But if nobody saw the damn thing, then it wouldn't have mattered. Right. Exactly. So that right there, I think, is part of being elite, just taking the time to not not only make the tape, but sending it over and over and right, over all those and over. Addresses, all yeah, that. yeah. It's you know sometimes that old school work is the best work you can do. So I, I don't know this. So when you were in between fresh or excuse me sophomore and junior year, that's when you took your your offer to play college. I didn't accept the offer. Okay, I just received scholarship, verbal offer, and then I played the recruiting game until I was a senior, and then eventually and committed. Then you so I yeah I went. Went and visited every school I wanted to make a you know informed decision and what was your second choice? Either Michigan or Alabama. Oh, uh-huh, all right. Probably Alabama though. Eh. <laughs> Sorry, all my Michigan people, but <laughs> I just couldn't do it. Well, you wanted to be you wanted to be in the SEC. I did. Yeah. Yep. And, and that's probably just from being a youth and watching it and yeah. having an aspiration to be there. And I really wanted to go out and you know do my own thing. So 
Well, you did it. Yep. And, and congrats to you. I think that's a huge accomplishment. Uh, you've made a lot of great friends oh, through yeah. that process, which, you know, it's funny being an athlete, right? I need a drink of that. So this is this is being an athlete. I'm thirsty. <laughs> Danny brings this in, and I'm drinking it. I don't care if you drink out of it because we're athletes. Yeah, it's a water fob, right? I don't know what he's saying. <laughs> he just says some stuff once in a while. But, all right, so take us from, you know, obviously if you played college, you had aspirations to be a professional, mm-hmm. correct? So tell us a little bit about that and, and where you finally figured out, okay, I need to find a different career path, which is now real estate. So that was on, it was one of the toughest times of my life. Um, you know, I didn't know what to do. You know, I, I, after it really became a realization that, you know, I might never play football again. And I'm like, well, what the hell do I do? Because ever yeah. since I was six years old, I've told myself the only way I can, you know, be successful and be wealthy is through the football field. Yeah. And I called you up on the phone. I never forget that. And I was, you know, I was, I was down. Like, you know, I was, I was in a hole. I might not have showed it when I first started working for y'all, but I, 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 yeah, I wasn't in a good place. And, um, you know, it, it brought me back life once you showed me how to do that. Well, when we talked. I said, I'm, you know, I'm interested in in getting into real estate. And you stopped and said, are you interested or committed? And that was it. When I said that to you, you know, again, was, this this is real raw, right? We don't talk about this before. I never know where the conversation is going to go. I'm just speaking the truth from what, what is, and so I don't have to think about it. But I remember in that moment, I was in my office at the old building, and I remember when I said to you, are you interested or committed? Your demeanor changed. It completely did. Almost like, like, almost like oh, shit. And this then also almost real. like, oh, he's challenging me yeah. a little bit, which I knew would work with an athlete. <laughs> that's kind of, uh, that's, I mean, I literally paused for about three seconds and I'm like, who's this dude talking to? <laughs> <laughs> talk to no, you, but no, I'm like, I'm committed. Let's yeah. go. And I was in the office the next morning, talked to Todd, went and got my real estate license. Um, I mean, this time last year, my brother was making my car payments and, you know, now I'm about to get my own car get and, your own car yep and so it's just been you know a complete 180 and you know i couldn't be happier and i've had so much fun in real estate yeah. just working with people was the biggest thing you know i didn't want to go sit at some desk job that you know and i wanted to be accountable for what i produce yeah exactly i right? want the pressure yeah some people are like oh i want to i want a easy steady paycheck how you can't take that higher though so that was my thing and well, and I think as you came in, you know, when we first met in the office, you know, I, I was like, OK, I like that kid. I mean, you're a kid to me. <laughs> I'm old. But I saw a lot of myself in you. And that's really what motivated me to want to reach out and help you. And, and I knew that you had that work ethic from athletics. And I think, you know, we've realized a lot of the athletes transfer over well into these type of jobs because, you know, they're personable. Right. They do want to work hard. You can challenge them and they step up to the challenge rather than flee. So I think there's a lot of similarities in that. When, when you first started your first week. Right. What were you feeling like? I mean, you're going from rough and tumble yeah. to now you got to put on a suit. <laughs> I mean, you might have showed up in sweatpants yeah. for the first interview. I don't know. <laughs> with your little Duma flitchy hanging. And then and then you got to come in a suit and you're kind of like. Yeah, it was it was different. I mean, I was wearing you know, athletic shorts every single day. And then, um, now I'm waking up and my body feels good though. So it's, it's nice. It's, it's been a nice transition and it's been nice to see just all the opportunities out in business. And I think one of the biggest things that I realized is how great of a town Fenton is. Yes. 
So when I moved away, you know, when you're a kid, you don't really learn to appreciate a town that's, you know, when you're there. So I moved away and came back and then I was gone for a little bit longer out training in New Jersey. <laughs> I was like, I got to go home and just that's where I need to start it. Yeah. And to see how much Fenton has boomed. Oh, it's wild. I mean, it gives me chills. Like yeah. I have a lot of pride from where I come from and everybody in the state of Michigan feels the same way. And, um, you know, I just love this town. I love the downtown and how much it's it's just grown. It's up. And I mean, how how great people are in this town and you know how business everybody supports each other's local I, business I think that is very very um just authentic to fenton yeah. and to our areas there's so many businesses that feed off each other that feed off each other but also and in, in we and we've now joined those rankings that aren't these big national companies yep. you know these are mom and pop stores uh you know small boutique type restaurants brokerages you know our brokerage and i think that's really prevalent in our area which is awesome yeah. and the people support it like mad i think it's great you know you're not you don't yeah you got your train chain restaurants here and there but i mean look at ruby tuesdays and kmart <laughs> gone gone and, Peace. you know you got the local restaurants you know are killing it like Bad. the barn and fire hall and you know always all right. laundry all right so before we go too deep on real <laughs> estate because people are going to want to hear about a little bit more about your football background mm-hmm. and so i always like to ask questions that maybe no one else has asked you right um because everybody oh you just have you ever scored a touchdown did you do this did you no. do that <laughs> what was the most difficult part of your college career playing football that's a tough question you mean everything wasn't all easy? I'm, oh, no. I mean, that's a tough question because mo- most of it was hard. And I, th- I, I think there's – I'd have to break it down into two. Okay. So there's the mental and the physical. Physical, practice. Practice was hard. And, like, you know, you know, most fans sit there and say, oh, yeah, they get beat up in the games. But, no, it's you're banging heads every practice, every single day. Unless you're the quarterback or something, you know. But, <laughs> or the kicker. Yeah, the kicker. Um, but that physical grind is something that made me stronger every single day because I knew that if I went out there and didn't perform, my ass was on the bench. Yep. And I love that pressure. And well, I think that's part of the reason why I like real estate exactly. too because the pressure is what – gets my ass out of bed in the morning. Well, and I think, look, in real estate, we maybe don't see it as pressure, but we see it as opportunity, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and I think that the ability to make everything that we put into real estate is what we will get out. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's so many people that enter the market, especially right now, because, you know, everybody wants to be a realtor right now. Everybody. Because the market, because it's so mama. easy. And, and, but is that sustainable? You know, and I think that the people that come in and they have a strong work ethic and they get up in the morning with a little bit of fire in their gut, those are the people that can build something tap into the community tap into the people because it's really it's all about the people yep and and then grow up from there and you've done a great job with that so tell us a little bit about uh you know you've been licensed now how long and with our team how long so i got my license 23rd of january oh you uh, don't remember that day i'm gonna remember that day <laughs> um i think my first deal <laughs> oh I, we know about my first yeah we know deal. about the first deal yeah the first deal went south yeah real quick <laughs> So, so let, it, let's it was set a quick, that, humbling experience. Yeah, let's set that stage real quick. So his very first deal writes on a half a million dollar house. Um, he's negotiating the deal in front of me at my desk, and we put the deal together. And he picks me up. I'll post the photo so you know I'm not playing. Puts me on his shoulder and runs through the hallway. 
yelling and screaming, and my gut's bouncing off those big old shoulders. And a good thing I've been working out, or yeah. I'd have been out of breath. You're rocked up, bro. Oh, I'm rocked up. <laughs> totally rocked up. Totally drywall. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so super excited, sat down, and then you got emotional. Yeah. Um, I'm Because I told you I never had $7,000 in my life, and that was what the commission was going to be. And, you know, I just felt like I made it. Yeah. <laughs> but, no, it was just – and it was just so eye-opening to me, and it was almost like it almost became an addiction then. Not not to, the you know, the money or whatever. It's just – now I want to do this every single day. Look, I want to de- I want to deal. You, you like, want to be successful. Exactly. Right? And nothing's I mean, going to stop me. Yeah, exactly. The but something did stop you because yeah. that entire deal <laughs> fell apart. <laughs> the money. <laughs> it turns out they never they never could even produce the darn deposit. Yeah. yeah. But uh, so. but that's a great like you said, what a humbling experience the very first deal. Hey, I sold one for 500 grand. Just kidding. Uh, let me get that back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I was I was all jacked up and then, you know, that 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 brought me back to Back to ground there, back to dirt. Back to dirt. And uh, He was in the clouds, and then he went back to the dirt. <laughs> real quick. But, no, I think it was a great learning experience. And now looking back on it, I'm kind of glad I learned it early. Sure. And, I mean, my wallet didn't, wasn't glad at the time. But, <laughs> but, you know, that's just how it goes. And But I think that side of it, it just showed me, I mean, no downplay in the working world, but playing football – was a lot harder than anything I've had to do now so it right. prepared me so well and that's why like when people you know downplay you know f- a physical sport like football it's like you know how many lessons I learned sure. in that like being a teammate to these guys and being able to be mentored and sharing not your get, Gatorade. get an ego yeah sharing your Gatorade sharing the showers easy <laughs> I'm easy, easy. I'm glad we, we haven't remodeled yet yeah. <laughs> uh Chris make sure we don't put in showers yeah um no but it it was just it was such a fantastic experience and the people i learned from and really i got i got introduced to so many different people too so i had teammates from california florida my uh my roommate my rookie year kenny bynum was from florida jacksonville florida never met him we talk damn near every day now i mean he is my brother we're going to philly this year catch one of our other teammates games and you know that kid was uh, big, big in my life and just opening my eyes to a new, you know, new way of thinking. Just, you know, yeah, that's good. Pr- yeah. All right. Let's, let's dive into some business stuff because really this, this podcast is about being an elite, uh, an elite business person. You know, that's that secondary definition of a thoroughbred. Uh, obviously you've got the horse, which we've got one racing today, one racing tomorrow and one racing Friday. True. Yep. So we'll be, we'll be che- chiming in on that here shortly. But, um, you know, the secondary definition is an elite business person. And I think that, you know, as we go through our real estate careers, we always have to function as if we're elite, even when we're brand new, right? And I think part of that function is dressing properly, um, you know, sharing experiences with with people, uh, becoming close to your clients because they are people and they just want to be treated like people. So where do you feel like, I mean, you know, obviously you join our team, you know, right away you're thrown into the mix. You've got open houses, you've got training, you've got uh, leads, you've got all this stuff coming at you. And what I've realized is no matter how great our system is, people still fail inside of the system 
because it all comes back to the work ethic they're willing to put forward. But I also realize is that people pick up little parts and pieces or areas of the real estate that they're going to excel at. For example, not everyone's great at an open house. Not everyone's going to be the best converter on a Zillow lead. Where do you feel like you've kind of found your sweet spot? And what would you say to, to a brand new agent coming in that may have these ideas of grandeur in the market to help prepare them for that career? Um, I would say the biggest, biggest thing is I tried to learn everything, everything about houses and, you know, what everything is called and, you know, just stuff like that, that, a you know, a senior, you know, older experienced realtor would walk through a house and not even think about it and they'd just be saying, but I think the biggest thing I did was I stopped trying to be something I'm not. Yes. And I just connected with the people. So if you ask me a question about what what's that, well, what year is that, I'm not going to lie to you. I'll tell you I'm going to find out for you, and you're going to get the answer later that night. But, you know, I'm, I may not be a home expert right now, and I will be eventually. You're not, you're not a home inspector? <laughs> I'm not a home inspector. <laughs> I, I so, saw that. Yeah. <laughs> but, I, I, you know, I love people, and I love connecting with different people, and I think I, I think, you know, it's one of the gifts God blessed me with, and, you know, so right there, I think, is a great tip yeah. for, for a newer agent or, or, or even people that have been in real estate for a little while is don't try to be something you're not. If you don't have the answer, it's okay. Yeah. You're not a genius. You're not supposed to be a genius, and you're not supposed to know the answer to every single question in the world. So it's okay to say, you know what? I don't know, but I'm going to get it for you. Just don't lie. Just don't lie. Don't lie. Tell them the truth and, and find out the answers for them. And I think that the other part of that is being yourself because it is difficult. I mean, the beauty of, of when you reach a certain point in your life that you can just be yourself and be real and be raw and do this podcast without, you know, what are we going to talk about? Don't worry. We'll just figure it out. I mean, there's a lot of freedom in that. We talked about that on the last show with Jason Will. Like, just to be able to just be yourself is, is okay. Yeah. yeah and that's but the other part, I think the beauty of real estate is you can't just – be yourself. No. You can't just say whatever's on your mind. For sure. And I think that's something I remember going through my career is it forces you to, to sharpen up a little yeah. bit. And that's okay. Yeah. And I think it's important to embrace that because, you know, yes, you want to be yourself and be authentic, but you can't show up and tore up jeans and, and swearing like a sailor. <laughs> no. And I think one of my favorite things to do with clients is I like to make it fun. And I like to make them laugh and I'm good at it. <laughs> Not to be cocky, but well, no one. Of I, the do, first... I do like to make people laugh, and I think when you we're going out and seeing five homes on a Saturday, I think it should be fun. Yeah, you guys are you it. guys are getting a new home. Like that's a huge step in your life. You know, young couples, whoever it is. You know, I mean, it should be a fun experience. It shouldn't be stressful, and you should be worried all the time. And it's like, no, you tell me which house you want, and we'll go get it. Well, and I remember one of one of the. I mean, this was early, maybe one of the first month you were here, and I had some some clients that were looking to buy a home and they said yep. we were trying to set them up with one of our buyers agents and I said what are you you know what are you looking for in an agent and then they said we want to have fun so of course in my style I said okay you 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 whoever would have interest in having this client send me a video and the people want to have fun and so I submitted all those videos and they chose you yep shout out to Eric and Alexa Hofstra what's up now what's on up? Lake Fenton that's right baby it's a new boat Rocking. Rocking. Surfing. Great people. Yeah, awesome. I had people. a great time with them. I yeah. mean, that's what it's all about is servicing these people. So let's 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 continue to dissect that though. So things that we can identify for our audience, uh, for realtors, whether they're new or they've been in the in the industry for a while, um, knowing that it's okay not to have all the answers. I mean, obviously, 
you should have the answers to the things you should have the answers to. But if you go visit a home and it's got some crazy septic field that nobody's ever seen in your lives, it's okay to say, I don't know. I'll get those answers for you, mm-hmm. right? I think that's a good one. A second one, kind of sharpening yourself up, um, be, being very presentable to your clients. I mean, I've gone to open houses and the agents there in shorts doing the open house. No. No. Before I forget, I do want to add this thing. Uh, one thing I do do, and I learned this in football, um, my coach always made us show up 15 minutes early. Every meeting started 15 minutes early. Then the posted time. Yeah. So every time I show a house, I'm there 15 minutes early. And you know what? A lot of times they are too because they're driving through the neighborhood. Exactly. And if they see you maybe the first time, oh, yeah, he's meeting us, you know, for the first time he might show up early. Second, third, fourth time, it's well, over. Well, I think that's an important thing too. Like if you're out showing homes, you should be there before your people and have the door unlocked yep. and have the wind or the, the lights on. Mm-hmm. I mean, the funny, I don't know if you saw this or not. Did you see the, the ring that one of our clients sent us of that agent showing up on their front step? Yes, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. I won't share that because yeah. it's obvious who it is, but um, sitting there fumbling with a lockbox and the people are in the background like, oh, uh, my lamb, bro, pull it together. <laughs> and and as he's fumbling with the lockbox, trying to get it open, he's talking, but he's not even talking to them because he's talking into the lockbox. And you could just see the people were so put off by that. Get there early. Get the door opened. Don't do the lockbox in front of them. Get the get the door open. I mean, I take the lockbox off. I set it to the yep. side. I want the door to be presentable. I'll put it in my pocket so I don't forget. There you go. <laughs> you got big pockets. Huh? <laughs> um, no, but also, you know, so if, if you're showing three, four homes, you know, they'll start following you to the sure. next home. Then you're but what I always do, do, I always tell my clients, go walk around the yard because sometimes those lockboxes can be tricky for me, man. <laughs> <laughs> the dials and the buttons are little, and my big fingers. I don't get the dials. I'm like, can't you just <laughs> give know, me a number? Perfect. One, two, three, four. Yeah, that's so easy. We need those Bluetooth things. By the way, that's know? not our code. It's not one, two, three, four. So yeah. no sense to going out chasing <laughs> down our lockboxes. Yeah. No, but um, no, I think that's important because, and sometimes I think it's important also to give them space in the house. For sure. I don't. I call. I, I don't I, like to follow them around like a puppy dog. I call that don't art van them, right? Don't. don't be on their jock. Just let them in. Be there to answer their questions. But if if they step backwards, they shouldn't be stepping on you. Yep. They I know mean, what they know what they like. Yeah, for sure. Anything you're gonna say inside a house isn't gonna make them want it more, in my opinion. I agree. I mean, uh, sellers say that a lot. Well, yeah. you gotta sh- you gotta sell this house. No, I can't. The Look, my job is it. to get people there, right? Yep. As a listing agent, my job is to get people through the front door and yes we want to share with them all of the positive things about the home but you're not going to make someone like something they don't like and i think that's a little bit of a misconception when it comes to selling real estate if they don't have a heartbeat towards it no matter what you say you're just going to push them away and you can feel it when they walk into a place that they do love oh for sure and that's a beautiful thing like oh you see the wife is like oh my god (laughs) it's over with after that i I know i love yeah it's the best because i've literally every time i've sold one you knew as soon as they walked in i knew it was that was the one it was it that was sometimes even in the driveway all right so tell us about your daily schedule are are you you know other than the the leads you're receiving how are you prospecting how are you following up with your clients what does your week look like i know for me you know, I'm here every day. I drop the kids off at school and I'm here. If I sell a home for $2 million, I do the same routine the next day. And I think in the industry, you know, people, people undervalue 
the value of being in the office, being in a collaborative environment where you can, especially as a newer agent, where you can learn off of those around you, where you can just listen to to conversations and learn from them, which is why, I mean, before this podcast, I had a seller on, I put her on speaker so that you could hear that conversation. That's invaluable stuff. Yep. And that's why I videoed it. <laughs> um, but no, I, I say when I started, um, you know, in the wintertime, it was definitely more office hours because, you know, it's winter, yeah. it's slower. You're prospecting for people that are going to buy the homes in the spring and the summer. So, you know, I was probably spending three hours a day prospecting in the wintertime. Um, and then in the summer, I've been running like a dog. So <laughs> I, I can't even give, a, you know, a laid out block schedule, you know, because it's been, you know, I had a day this summer that I showed 17 houses. That's awesome. Three different clients. That's awesome. Yeah. One saw seven. The other two saw five each. I filled up my gas tank twice. <laughs> but but that's good stuff, though. It is, though, because that month I crushed. Yeah. So Well, and you've been, I mean, you've, for being a new agent, you've been climbing the leaderboard. Uh, you know, we keep a depth chart. You know, I got that from football because I played football, too, believe it or not. Yeah, QB. And, yeah, I was a QB, and I stopped growing, and then I had to do something else. Yeah. But I love the idea of the depth chart because, for me, I was on the bottom once, once, there's no way you're going to keep my name at the bottom. Nope. There's no shot. So I love the idea of that depth chart. And I think that if that doesn't tap into somebody, then they're probably the they wrong, the wrong, they don't belong. You know, I mean, I think that, uh, and look, everything in life is a little bit of a competition, mm -hmm. right? I mean, we always have to be competing and maybe we're competing with ourselves more than anything. And that's okay. That's true. Right. I mean, that's okay. Cause if you hold yourself to a high accountability, you know, standard, then you're not going to settle for less. Well, and I think, you know, that's people say to me, well, who's your greatest competition in your market? Yep. Me. For sure. Right? I don't give a shit what anyone else is doing. I've got to get up every day and I've got to go and I've got to improve and I've got to get better, which is why we do all the coaching stuff on our team is because we all need coaching. We all need mentorship. For sure. Everyone does. And the only one that can stop you is you. And that's something I've always told myself, you know, when you look in the mirror, that's your only competition. It was the same thing in football. You... People don't know how much you hinder yourself mentally. Oh, my gosh. Like, you, you build up fears in your head that don't even exist, and it completely cripples you. Dude, Tom Ferry always says, your head is a scary place to be. Yeah. you got to get out of that sucker. Mine is for sure. <laughs> oh, yeah, your head is real scary to look at, too. <laughs> no, but that is something I do believe. You know, people, and the number one thing I think people do is they worry about other people's lives. Everybody has hardships. Everybody has pains and sorrows and triumphs and happiness, but you got to focus on yours because when you're downplaying somebody else's life for, you know, something they're going through or something that happened to them or, you know, a mistake they made or how good they're doing or how yeah. great they're doing, it's just well, that's not helping you I, I grow. I always say to people, if you're focused on something negative about somebody else, it's really – that's the You're moment, the loser. Yeah, that's the moment you need to be reflected on yourself yep. because really that's the, the point I think where you're – uh, hurting or maybe what you're projecting is how you're really feeling about yourself. And I think you're right. Everybody has shit, right? I mean, that's what keeps me so compassionate. Mm -hmm. I've gone through some crazy shit, but that's what has made me so compassionate about other people. You know, that's why I'm always hugging people. That's why I'm loving on people. That's why no matter who they are. And in fact, today at school mass, you know, the, they were talking about when, when people treat you poorly, you still treat them good. And that's something I always try to focus on doing. And, and people say to me, why are you so nice to that person? They're not even nice to you. They don't even like you. I, I don't care. They probably need it more than you do. Uh, heck yeah. And sometimes I need it. Yeah. 
<laughs> so I, I think that's really important. And yeah. I think that's good stuff to share. And so how do you carry that over into your business? Business? Um, I would say the number one thing is I, I, I could say maybe people in our office get worried about the board and whose name's popping up on the board. You better be worried about it if you're on the bottom. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you better be worried about it every day, but not for the wrong reasons. Correct. So I'm not worried about deals that Jake or Jake is doing or you're doing or Todd's doing. I got to work on my work. Yep. And the only way I can work on that is putting my name on the board. So, you know, when Todd sells a house, I don't ask him, oh, bro, how much, bro? How, right, what, right, how much right. do you get paid, bro? Like, no. Well, I'm hustling on my, you know, not on my own, obviously, because we're a team, but you got to be gotta individualized, you, gotta, you know what I mean? Because we we're about all that. different. And we talk about that all the time, that, that self-reflection. You know, I think the people that grow the most in our, in our world are the people that can self-reflect, that can say, I screwed up, mm-hmm. I can do better, I will do better. And then, you know, you kind of, you, you look at all of that and say, how do I now do better? And then you go do it. And then you reach a certain plateau and you got to do that again. Mm-hmm. And I think we've talked about this before on the show. I've always been a big believer in look in the fucking mirror. Yes. You know, quit worrying about everyone else. Quit blaming other people because everything you have in your life is based on what you desire and what you're willing to work for. And what, like what you said, so often people get stuck in their head and they start thinking and thinking and thinking about how to do something perfectly, which paralyzes them and they don't take action like making phone calls. Yep. Right. I remember we sat down one of the first few, few weeks you were here. We were all in the room. That was the first day. That was the first day I made you call. Yeah. Well, there you go. I remember that. I literally thought about that last night. Weird, really? Weirdly. That's crazy. So we just put them all in a room and said, yeah. here, start prospecting. Yeah. And you had it on the mojo dial. And this lady was not trying to hear it, hear what I was saying. <laughs> she was trying every single way to hang up that phone. And you were just like, keep asking questions. Keep asking questions. Like, make her engaged. And not yes or no questions, but questions like, where are you from? You know, like, yeah, what, I mean, what, what's your motivation? Get to know the person, because if you make it personal, they're going to stick with you. Yeah, no doubt about it. And I think that, you know, we like to do that. I mean, we interviewed a guy a couple of weeks ago. He came to our meeting. We put him on the spot and had him dialing. Yeah. Because, look, you've got to be able to do that. I mean, at some point, you know, you've got to be able to create, you know, this little Duma Fletcher right here is our lifeline. Yep. And and through that lifeline, you've got to be able to create a relationship with somebody. And you can't do that by trying to sell them all the time. Exactly. And, you know, the first meeting is just getting that first in-person meeting. That's my goal. So your goal is to is to get in front of them in person. If we're in person, you're my you're my client. You're gonna you're going to. That's the way I think. Because they're gonna see how authentic they're gonna. You are. Yep, I'm, they're I'm probably gonna, gonna laugh. I'm not gonna bullshit you. You're gonna have a good time. I'm gonna find the answers I don't know, <laughs> and you know I'm never gonna lie to you. And I know the contract backwards, and you know I just I, I like to make it a good time because if you're not out here having a good day every single day every you're day. not having a positive mindset then all you're doing is bringing people down well and i mean that's the beauty of this is that we get to choose our mindset yep. right and we get to choose our attitude each day you know people always say to me how do you never have a, de- a bad day because i don't you know we we were on we did a uh, a podcast innovative health and they were talking about well sometimes you have a bad day i said no no you don't I've been through stuff that, that no one can imagine that there can't be a bad day for me, mm-hmm. right? I mean, now that doesn't mean if there's a tragedy or something like that, I'm, of course, going to be sad and I'm going to mourn that. But I wake up every single morning happy to be alive, blessed to the gills, and just go have fun and enjoy life. Yep. Yeah, I'm the same way. Um, you know, if, if, you're, if you're not doing that, waking up 
with a, at least starting with a positive mindset. You know, you may have negative circumstance, but what what's the saying? Uh, life is five percent of what happens to you and 95 percent of how you react to how it you react to it so i mean that's adversity you know it could be family anything but i mean if you just you stay on an even keel don't get emotional don't get ups and downs but just stay even stay just think things through that's what i always try to do just find something positive okay so let's go back to the phone thing because you know when it comes to business and prospecting why are people so afraid to pick up the phone and call someone and then the second thing is why are people so afraid to be on facebook live i don't know i mean i i don't mind being on facebook live i mean i, I ain't on your level <laughs> <laughs> i don't be, i don't get on that much but um hold on we're gonna go live yeah <laughs> no i would say why don't they want to prospect? You're thinking about all the neg- you're, you're, uh, people are afraid of denial, right? Yeah, no I doubt mean, about people it. are scared. That's like walking up to a girl, you know, at the bar and she shoots down. Not at the bar, yeah, at church. At church. There you go. There you go. At St. John's, <laughs> Apple Fest this weekend. We'll cut that out yeah. because this is going to air like in two weeks. Yeah, oh, for <laughs> sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, you can't live in fear and you can't, but that's again, trying to get outside of your head, right? Yeah. I mean, that's why we say be standing, put a smile on your face, get your earphones on so that you can jive with it a little bit. Yeah. Have fun with I'm it. I'm with you. And that's what I like being. I like being on my feet when yeah. I'm calling. You know, I like walking outside. I like walking through the grass. I don't know. I'm, I just, I can't sit at a desk. What? I remember when we were you speaking of desk. I remember when we moved from the other office to here, and we we yeah I ain't working with much space over there. That's oh, for sure. Oh man! But then we're gonna tighten that all up. You saw the builder was here today. Oh, we're yeah. gonna rock hey. this thing out. This is gonna be. If, like, if you drive down uh, to go to seventy five every day, you're gonna be looking at a beautiful building every single morning off Shiawassee. That's for sure. That's for sure. And that's because of this man right here. Oh, and I appreciate everything he's done for me. Uh, I love you, man. I, I appreciate you. I love you like a brother. Love you too. You, like I said earlier in the show, you bring out a part of me that I have to suppress a little bit, and uh, and I love being able to share that. It makes me just it makes me fired up. Yeah. I love it. Um, so tell us before we go, new agent to the marketplace. What are they going to do? The market's easy, right? Selling real estate's easy, right? Depends how hard you want to work. How hard you want to work. What about where you go work? If you're sitting <clears> in that cubicle by yourself with no support, what are you going to do? You're done. You're done. You're a duck in the water, man, with no with no wings. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know why I said I know, that. I but that shit didn't even make no sense. <laughs> <laughs> fucking duck in the water? <laughs> what the fuck is that? <laughs> that shit just came out my mouth, bro. <laughs> Holy shit. I'm tripping. <laughs> you know why? Because it's hot in here. And you feel like a mallard. <laughs> Dude, I feel like a big ass mallard <laughs> in a tiny ass pond. <laughs> um, no, but I think it's uh, important uh, to get with the right people because people is everything in a business like this. And guys like John Wentworth, Todd Warda, Andy Belson, Jake. Uh, Worthington helped me out a lot, you know, out in the field. Yeah. In <clears throat> the showings. And <laughs> you got me cracked yeah. up. All I could think about is you in a pond. <laughs> hey, have you ever been duck hunting? Yeah. Have you? I've never been. You're going to take me. Yeah, let's go. Aren't you, you coming with me duck? and my pops. <laughs> you better bring a big shotgun, bro. <laughs> I ain't going down easy. All um, right. Talk to us a little bit about um, what is your goal 
for 2019? My goal for 2019, um, I want to get more in, uh, just, I want to grow my knowledge. Yeah. I want to be able to answer a lot of these questions that I'm having to go back and call on. And you will, that'll come with time. That will come. But I, I really, I'm, my goal is, you know, after our coaching call today, my goal is to spend, just learn one thing a day, whether it's learning what that kind of crown molding is called or. Do you know what these are called? Foam. <laughs> those are called. Foamies. Uh, those, those are called mallards. <laughs> You're tripping, bro. <laughs> no, but no, I just want to improve on one thing every day. And uh, we had coaches that would always say, you don't got to prove, improve 100%. And one day, you just got to improve 1% daily. For 100 days. Hey, tell me this. How's your mom? Has she, she must be proud of you. Yeah, she is. My mom is, she, um, she's a great lady. She, she did a lot to raise me, my brother, um, and then my cousin and my, both my cousins that we adopted. So they're my brothers and sisters now. Um, you know, but she sacrificed a lot for us. She sacrificed a lot for me when I was in high school. Cause I told her, I'm my like, mom, I'm, you're not going to pay for me to go to college. I'm like, I'm going to be a college football player. And you know, probably a lot of parents hear that from their kids. Sure. Sure. And my dad was the same way. He was like, <clears throat> he's like, once I got there, he was like, I never thought this shit was going to happen. And my mom was too. And like, my mom was with me when I got my first scholarship offer and we cried in the parking lot together. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, you know, it was an amazing feeling, especially for her to be there with me. But to go from that, that college football scene yep. to then moving back home and mm -hmm. making that phone call to me saying bro i need a job i need to figure this shit out <laughs> yeah. because i i'm not no, gonna play pro and i don't have any other career path yep. you know and and so just knowing that and meeting your mom i can see she's full of love and yeah. so she must be at home right now smiling uh and just very proud of you and of patrick and yeah. you know and i know patrick's doing good things i don't know the rest of your siblings but you know i just have to think she's very proud of you for being able to make that transition and, and making something of yourself and i think that's the beauty of real estate is at the end of the day yes we have a team but it's up to us mm -hmm. um you know i i think she's really really proud of yeah. me with it because she knew where i was at mentally and you know i was in struggle you know had some bad stuff you know happen in my life and um you know, she was just happy to see me pick my ass off the ground. Yeah. And, you know, it ain't how many times you get knocked down. You just got to keep swinging. And, you know, some days you hit a home run. Some days you get knocked on your ass. It's all right, though. Just gotta wake up, up the next morning. Again. Yep. No doubt about it. Yep. All right. So you've been on our team for how long again? Eight months. Eight months. And how many pending and closed do you have? Um, including my referral listings? Just, well, just whatever. Pending and closed. 22. 22 deals. That's more than most agents do in a year, by mm -hmm. the way. That's more than a lot of seasoned agents do in a year, by the mm -hmm. way. You've done it in eight months. And for 2019, what is your goal as far as number of transactions? Number of transactions, I want to be over 33. 33? That's an yeah, interesting number. You like odd. Patrick Waugh? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I'm, I'm an odd number guy. I so. like it. I like it. And I think that, you know, ideally, when I look at a lot of the guys on this team, you know, one thing I know about you is you're not going to become complacent. 
I think there's a lot of complacency in life in general, right? Everywhere. I mean, people get, oh, boy, I, I did 25. I'm going to do 25 again next year. Uh, and I think having those lofty goals is super important. Uh, you know, I used to set those goals to sell this many total, this many over 250, this many over 500, this many over a million. And I think it's important to do that. But at the end of the day, goals are shiny and cute and pretty, but you got to do the work. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that we know that you're going to continue to do and, and serve people with love and have some fun with it. And, and you certainly bring a lot of fun to our office. So we love that. Yeah. Um, one thing about the goals, too, you know, I mean, a goal is just a wish without a plan. And that plan is the work you got to do to achieve the goal. Yeah, right. No doubt. So, I mean, you can sit there and throw up goals on your mirror and all that every single day. But if you're not living that, living what it takes to get there. And, and when it's do you not live working. it? I mean, this is the thing with real, realtors in general. Um, they're very they like to do this. Mm hmm. Right. And work then they real hard. The yep. Work real hard. Get a few deals pending, and then go screw off. Yeah. Work real hard. Get a field, and then like, oh shit. Work real hard. I mean, to me, that's that constant, that steady of being here all the time, showing up. It's like we talk about all the time. Be attached to the process, not the outcome. Yep. And if you can stay attached to that process, you're gonna have very good results. And I think that, and again, going back to work ethic and and uh, you know just the willingness to put in. The work yep. is what's going to elevate you to the next level, and you're coachable for some reason. I like to be good, <laughs> and I like to learn from the best, and that's why that's I came right, to you. Baby. What about when we were moving here, moving all the furniture? That was great, man. We moved this entire place in a day, basically. Basically. I mean, you want to talk about some teamwork. Mm. That was unbelievable. I, mean, I, didn't even go, I didn't have to go to the gym. We were just... We were just we were curling tables and desks and computers all day, and everybody worked hard together. And it was, I mean, when, when I saw that, I was like, this is special. Yeah. Really. Because yeah. when I was taking my real estate class, you know, Kevin, <clears throat> the teacher was like explaining about how it's going to be for these agents. And I'm like, I had already been, you know, just kind of working, doing right. small stuff and just learning, uh, you know, before You were hanging that, out at the office. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. And for about three or four weeks probably before I even took my class. And I was like, I'm glad I ain't going where these dudes are going. Yeah, no doubt, right? <laughs> because they're going to be struggling. I'm like, that is not how it is over here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's what, you know, when at the end of the day, that's what I'm most proud of is that, you know, providing people such a great opportunity, right? Um, I'm, I'm, I very, very much embrace the fact that to be able to take someone like you and help you and, mm-hmm. and essentially give you some direction change uh, my life, and change bro. your life. I mean, that's, that's what keeps me sleeping good at night. Yep. I love that. I my love dog. you, baby. Love you too. Love you very much. Thoroughbredpodcast.com. Check us out. SoundCloud. In the cloud. YouTube. Clouds and dirt. I YouTube. Down my worth Facebook. <laughs> Everybody. Always live all the time. <laughs> Always. We should do that. We should just be live all the time. Dude. No? You think that's a bad idea? Why? Because nobody's going to watch that shit. <laughs> 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 what? Like, what is wrong with these motherfuckers? <laughs> <laughs>